Today we're going to continue with the second week of our Advent series leading up to Christmas. Um, Just to let you know, I'm currently reading a book about the life of Henry Ford. And as I started to get into it, I was surprised to learn uh, that that it's an autobiography. You can use that if you want this week. (laughs) Each week, we are looking at passages in the Bible that describe Jesus' existence before he was born. Theologians refer to Jesus prior to his birth as the pre-incarnate Christ. Uh, In a real sense, in the Bible, we are reading Jesus' autobiography. Last week, we looked at the biblical evidence that Jesus has always existed as God. Today, we're going to jump into the Old Testament to look at some of Jesus' appearances there prior to his birth. Uh, One scholar uh, noted that uh, the pre-incarnate appearances of Christ, uh, he appeared to like at least 21 people in the Old Testament. And uh, as I mentioned last week, I'll use the name Jesus through the series, even though he didn't receive the name Jesus until he was born. When he appears in the Old Testament, he is known by other names. The one we're going to look at today is the angel of the Lord. Um, There are 86 references in the Bible to the angel of the Lord. Most of them actually refer to normal angels, whatever that is. Uh, that God created to serve his purposes. But a few times, the angel of the Lord is actually the pre-incarnate Jesus appearing as an angel. How can, how can we tell that this angel of the Lord is pre-incarnate Christ? Look at the context, and if that angel has characteristics of deity, that is the pre-incarnate Jesus. One example we can look at is uh, seen in one of the men, uh, an angelic figure appearing as a man who uh, appears to Abraham and Sarah to announce that they're going to have a son in their old age. In Genesis 18, 1 and 2, it says, The Lord appeared to him, Abraham, by the oaks of Mamre, while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. And when he lifted his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. I want you to notice that it, this scene starts with three men meeting with Abraham, and one of them is referred to as the Lord. After they tell Abraham and Sarah they're going to give birth to the son, they, they continue to talk with Abraham about what they're planning to do in Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 18, 16 and 17, the men arose from there, looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham was walking with them to send them off, and the Lord said, He's one of the three. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Now, after Abraham then finished interceding there for his lot, his nephew Lot, uh, who was living in Sodom, one of the men identified as the Lord left. And the two men who are left are now identified as angels going down to Sodom. Genesis 18, 33 As soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed. 
And Abraham returned to his place. Now the two angels uh, came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. So what we've got here is three individual looking like men, but they're actually angels. One of them is the Lord. A few times, though, the pre-incarnate Jesus appears as other physical manifestations of God, God's presence. We'll, we'll look at that next. Uh, in the Old Testament, the pre-incarnate Jesus appears as some other physical manifestations of God's presence while still being identified as the angel of the Lord. This is what we see when he appears to Moses in the burning bush. Listen to Exodus 3, 2 to 6. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, Moses, in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. Notice, angel of the Lord, now he's appearing as a fire. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place in which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look at God. Notice, it's the Lord who's appearing to him in a blazing fire, and he's referred to as the angel of the Lord. It also says God called to him from the midst of the bush. And Moses is actually in the presence of God, we're told, standing on holy ground when he hears God's voice say, I am the God of your fathers. In other words, the angel of the Lord appears in other physical manifestations we would not recognize as an angel or a human, but nonetheless, he is the Lord. We'll get to why that is the case in just a few minutes. But we also see things like uh, the pillar of fire and cloud that appeared to Israel as they left Egypt, leading the people through the wilderness. Exodus 13, 21, the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The text says it was the Lord going before them, manifested in the cloud and in the fire. We learn that the angel of the Lord manifests God's presence and speaks with God's voice. In Exodus 23, 10 chapters later, it says, Behold, I'm going to send an angel before you to guard you along the way and bring to place I prepared. Be on guard before him. Obey his voice. Do not be rebellious toward him. He will not pardon your transgression. My name is in him. We can go on. Other physical manifestations of the angel of the Lord include he appeared, all things, a rock in the wilderness, giving the people of Israel water. Exodus 17, 6. Behold, God says, I'm going to stand before you there on the rock at Horeb. You shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it that people may drink. Moses did so, sight of elders of Israel. Jump to the New Testament, and the Apostle Paul tells us that that rock was actually Christ. 
1 Corinthians 10, 4, they all drank from the same spiritual drink. They're all drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. What is that? Pre-incarnate Jesus is appearing in these physical manifestations throughout the Old Testament. Why? Helping his people, leading, guiding, protecting. It's clear from the Bible that the angel of the Lord is identified as God, these specific instances. And that angel can only be the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. And here's why. Anytime you're seeing a physical manifestation of God himself, the Lord in the Old Testament, the it is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ because in the, the New Testament tells us, he gives, gives us the, the uh, clue where it says, it, it affirms that Jesus is the very visible image of the invisible God we're looking at. Colossians 1, 15 and 16, Jesus is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, reveals God to us. That's his unique role in the Godhead. In the Old Testament, he's the angel of the Lord. In the New Testament, he's the man, Jesus. Same person. John chapter 1, verse 18. No one has ever seen God, physically manifested God. However, the only God, he's referring to Jesus, who is at his side, he, he has made him known. In the Old Testament, uh, cues in the text make it clear that the angel of the Lord is, in fact, God himself, the pre-incarnate Jesus, which we'll look at next. One uh, indication that the angel of the Lord uh, is the pre-incarnate Christ is He's often referred to by the name Yahweh. Um, The personal name God revealed to Moses in the burning bush. And it means I am. I am Yahweh. That's my name, God said to Moses. I am. Now, in your English Bibles, when you see the word Lord, all caps, L-O-R-D, that is the name Yahweh. They capitalize the word Lord there, so you'd know that's really the name Yahweh. And we see the name Yahweh identified with the angel uh, of the Lord who, in instances throughout the Old Testament. Uh, he appeared to Hagar in the wilderness, uh, and she referred to him as El Roi, the God who sees me. Genesis 16, 7. Now the angel of the Lord, Yahweh, 
found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And verse 13 says, Then she called the name of the Lord, Yahweh, who spoke to her, You are a God who sees. She said, I've remained alive here after seeing him. Um, The angel of the Lord also appeared to Samson's parents. And when he did, they they asked him, Hey, uh, what's your name? And the angel replied, why do you ask? My name, my name is Wonderful. <laughs> well, it's a, one of those things in the scripture, connect the dots, Isaiah 9.6. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. It's a name for the Messiah. After the children of Israel took the promised land, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joshua, telling Joshua that he was the one This angel of the Lord was the one who made a covenant with his fathers. Judges 2.1, now the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bohem, and he said, I I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land, which you've sworn to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. As I mentioned last time, when you come to the New Testament, uh, Jesus applied the name Yahweh to himself multiple times. And it, it's one of the things that got him in trouble with the Jewish authorities because they knew he's claiming to be God. He's claiming to be Yahweh. For instance, John 8, 58, 59, Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And that's the word in Yahweh. I am. Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Jesus, multiple times, Jesus saying, before, things like this, before Abraham was born, I was. (laughs) And now we're seeing him in the flesh, his final manifestation to humans. The angel of the Lord is God. The angel of the Lord is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. And the angel of the Lord is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. It can only be him. What do we learn from all this? How do we apply the things we've seen today? Let me suggest four things to get us thinking. Uh, first, I'd say, I'd say this. We learn that people sometimes get this uh, wrong. See, Jesus didn't become God when he was born. He was always God, and he always will be God. Yahweh. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today, and forever. Now, that should bring us huge comfort. Uh, We may not know much about the angel of the Lord and his his physical manifestations in the Old Testament, too much about his character, but we sure do now with the Gospels. And this should bring us great comfort. Jesus does not change. What you're seeing in the Gospels is him, God in the flesh. He makes no mistakes. He knows what he's doing. 
He's always just. He's always loving. He's always serving. He's always faithful. Always. Second, we learn that uh, when we see Jesus uh, manifested in the form of an angel, a burning bush, a rock, or a pillar of fire, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, has always been the physical manifestation and presence of the living God to us. Always. From Adam and Eve on, he's the one they related to. And then he finally, this is fascinating to me, he finally became flesh. We'll look at that Christmas Day. He became flesh, one of us, in his final manifestation for all time and eternity. And listen to me, when we see and listen to Jesus in the Gospels, listen to me very carefully, we are seeing the face of God and hearing the voice of God. Listen to this. I could, there's so many places I could turn to for this, but I'll give you three things out of John's Gospel. John chapter 12, 44 and 45. Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. You're looking at him. John 13. Let's go one more chapter. 3 and 4. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from supper, laid aside his garments, taking a towel, he girded himself and started washing the disciples' feet. To me, that's, a, that's actually a little picture for us of the Incarnation. Got up and he laid aside his garments. He laid aside his eternal glory and took on flesh to serve us, love us, humble. Let's go one more chapter, John 14. <laughs> I mean, it's all over the place. Jesus' own words. John 14, 6 to 9. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Who? Him, Jesus. Phillips, we, we could have said the same thing. Philip says, uh, <laughs> Lord, go ahead, show us the Father. And that will be good. That'll be enough. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. That's, a, that's just a striking statement, repeated over and over again. He is the physical manifestation of God, the invisible God. So whenever you're seeing a physical manifestation of God, that is Jesus, either pre-incarnate or incarnate, his final manifestation as a human. Look, that, 
I don't know about you, this truth should move us to worship and honor Jesus as God, Lord of our life. Third thing we can take away, the New Testament affirms that all who believe, we just read the passage, all who believe in Jesus are given the gift of eternal life and are sealed with the Holy Spirit, who then is with us always. And if you've never done so, I, I again invite and urge you to believe in Jesus for salvation. If you have believed in him and know he's in you, walk with him in the spirit, talk with him in prayer, worship him in spirit and in truth. The fourth thing I'd say The next time we see Jesus face-to-face in the flesh is when he returns for us in glory. Live in that hope of that truth. One day you will see him face-to-face. He's God. (laughs) And Paul and John uh, urge us, Colossians 3, 4, Apostle Paul says, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, you also will be revealed with him in glory. And John, in 1 John 3, 2-3, says, Beloved, we are now children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, Jesus will be like him, because we'll see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. So living in the hope. Uh, Jesus, Jesus died for us on the cross, but he rose again in the same body. That's his final physical manifestation to humankind. That's it. Jesus in the flesh, who we will celebrate in these coming weeks. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have not left us alone. You revealed yourself in Jesus Christ right from the beginning of creation till now. In Jesus, we see the fullness of deity. We see your majesty and beauty, your grace and compassion, and we praise you, Jesus, as our Savior and Lord. I thank you that when we believe in Jesus as the Christ whom you sent, you justify us by faith and adopt us as your sons and daughters, and you give us your Holy Spirit as a guarantee that we now belong to you. We ask you to help us to love Jesus more and more, uh, to understand breadth and depth of his love for us more and more, that we would be immersed in his person as we look into the Gospels and draw strength, courage, and comfort from him over and over again, even though right now we can't see him face to face yet. We just thank you for him. Help us to love him. We ask all this today in Jesus' name. Amen.